0: following message is from Narrative Church, a Lutheran church located in Williamson County, Texas. For more information, go to www.narrative.church. Well, I've been looking forward to sharing this message with you folks at Narrative today. I want to start off by sharing with you some words written by the Late biographer, Alexander White, he's what he said. He said, we hang some very heavy weights on some very thin wires. And he's right about that. Because our human inclination is to hang the heavy weight of our happiness and hope on some very thin wires. There's the wire of pleasure so that we say, if I can just get out of town for the weekend, or if I can just get to the beach for a week this summer, or if I can just get on that long planned vacation, then I'll be happy. And when you've done it all, you're no closer to happiness than you were before. Snap goes to the wire. So you move on to the wire of possessions. If I can just get that newer truck, that bigger house, that nicer outfit, then I'll be happy. And you hang your happiness, and you hang your hope on that, and what happens? Snap goes the wire. So there's the wire of people. If I could just get married, then I'd be happy. If I could just get unmarried, then I'd be happy. And when you get your wish and you hang your happiness and hope on that, snap goes the wire. Well, at least you have the wire of health. As the saying goes, as long as you have your health. And then after you spend three years dodging the coronavirus, A tiny blood clot lodges in the wrong place in your body, and your life is reduced to a wheelchair and bed to slurred speech and a foggy mind. Snap goes the wire. Friends, lasting happiness and hope cannot, must not be hung on these very thin wires. We hang some very heavy weights on some very thin wires and snap they go. So this morning, I want to bring you a message from God's Word about a time in the Bible when wires snapped for the people of God. A few weeks ago, Pastor Ted asked me to preach a message this morning on my favorite bible story. When he made that request of me, my first thought was this, so many stories, so little time. But I had a bible story pop into my mind pretty quickly. And as I prayed about it, I sensed that this is the bible story that the Lord wanted me to share with you today and talk about. And it's quite a bible story. It's a time when the wire snapped for the people of God, and their king named Jehoshaphat. And there are some powerful lessons for us in this biblical story. So uh, if you brought your Bible with you today, you can turn to 2 Chronicles chapter 20. We're also going to project these scriptures up on this biblical story up on the screen a few verses at a time. Uh, Let me give you, to start off, a little background on King Jehoshaphat. You see, for many years, the people of God in Judah, the people of Judah, had been ruled by a a series of wicked, ungodly kings. And then God finally raised up a good and godly king named Jehoshaphat. In fact, Jehoshaphat was one of the best kings that ever ruled the people of God. So what happened is the people of Judah began to move forward spiritually. They started to experience revival and renewal by the power of the Holy Spirit. And as so often happens, when you start moving forward spiritually, you're going to be attacked. You're going to end up in a battle. Some kind of adversity, some kind of difficulty, some kind of disappointment, some difficult circumstances are going to come pounding into your life. And this is just what happened to the people of Judah as they started to move forward. And it will happen to you. And it will happen to narrative as a church. When you start moving forward, adversity, difficulty, disappointment, battle will come your way. It happened to the people of Judah. Let's start with verses 1 and 2 of 2 Chronicles chapter 20. Look at verses 1 and 2. After this, the Moabites and the Ammonites with some of the Mennonites, came to make war on Jehoshaphat. Some men came and told Jehoshaphat, A vast army is coming against you from Edom, from the other side of the sea. It is already in Hassan Tamar, that is, Engadai. Snap went their wire. And this is right where some of you might be right now. And if you're not here right now, I'll tell you this, you will be sooner or later when your wires start to snap when some disappointment, some setback, some seemingly unchangeable situation, or some unexpected difficulty comes your way. But when your wires snap and happiness and hope begins to slip away, there are two things that God wants you to do. And we see both of these two things in Second Chronicles chapter 20. Here they are. First of all, when your wires start to snap, God wants you to look to the Lord in everything. I'll say it again. Look to the Lord in everything. Now, I want you to say that out loud with me. Say it. Look to the Lord in everything. Say it again. Look to the Lord in everything. I had you repeat that because you know what your natural tendency is. When a problem comes into your life, when wires snap and suddenly adversity is in front of you, difficulty, trouble, what do you do? You tend to focus on that. Think about that. Obsess about that. Concentrate on that. When God says, look to the Lord in everything. And this is just what Jehoshaphat did. He chose to look to the Lord, not so much the problem. Let's look at the next two verses, verses 3 and 4. Verses 3 and 4 say, Alarmed Jehoshaphat resolved to inquire of the Lord, and he proclaimed a fast for all Judah. The people of Judah came together to seek help from the Lord. Indeed, they came from every town in Judah to seek him. Jehoshaphat didn't complain, he didn't whine, he didn't moan and groan, he didn't obsess out on the problem. No, he and the people of Judah began to pray and seek God in the midst of the problem. And this is still what God calls his people to do today. It's what he asks you to do today, that when trouble comes and your wires snap, you seek him in prayer. You pour your heart out to him. You inquire of the Lord. You listen to him for what he wants to say to you. You look to the Lord in everything. Because when you look to the Lord in everything, when your wires snap, four things are going to happen. Four things that will be a tremendous help to you. And you see these four things right here in Second Chronicles chapter 20. First of all, when you look to the Lord in everything, you are going to realize God's perfect power. This is what happened to Jehoshaphat. look at verses five and six, the next two verses. Then Jehoshaphat stood up in the assembly of Judah and Jerusalem, at the temple of the Lord in the front of the courtyard, and said, "O Lord, God of our fathers." Are you not the God who is in heaven? You rule over all the kingdoms of the nations. Power and might are in your hand, and no one can withstand you. They realized God's perfect power. And you will also realize God's perfect power if you will look to him in the midst of your broken wires. And what will happen is God will assure you that he is strong and powerful enough to come through for you, that nothing is too hard for him. And secondly, when you look to the Lord in everything, not only will you realize God's perfect power, you also will remember God's past performance. He'll remind you of how he's come through for you in the past. He did this for Jehoshaphat and the people of Judah. Look at the next verse, verse 7. Jehoshaphat prayed, O our God, did you not drive out the inhabitants of this land before your people Israel and give it forever to the descendants of Abraham, your friend? They remembered God's past performance. And God will do the same for you. When you put your eyes on the Lord and you look to the Lord in everything, he will remind you of the ways that he's come through for you in the past. And he'll reassure you that he's going to come through for you now. You know, I spent a number of my years of ministry in a uh, community in our nation that was a retirement community, Palm Springs, California. And during the winter months, we'd have all these retirees come down, these old people, and they were old people, and they'd come down. And I would hear time and time again, virtually every Sunday, I'd have these folks shuffle through the line and say something like this, the golden years aren't so golden. It's not for sissies, this being old. Moaning, groaning, whining about being old. And i got to tell you, I was a young man at the time. I stood in that line, and I made a vow to God that I would not do that when I got old. And here I am in my 70s, and I want to tell you, I am committed to not whine and complain. Now, have I lost some things being older? Sure. Can I not do some things that I used to be able to do? Sure. But the thing that I have now that I didn't have when I was young is I have this Huge scrapbook of memories of times that God came through for me. And anytime I bump into a problem, I can just flip open that mental scrapbook and there it is. And I remember God's past performance. And that gives me what I need to go through my broken wires. When you look to the Lord and everything, you'll realize God's perfect power. You'll remember God's past performance. And a third thing will happen you will recognize God's promised presence. Now look at verses 8 to 12. Continue on with the story. Joshua, Jehoshaphat prayed, they, your people, have lived in it and have built in it a sanctuary for your name, saying, if calamity comes upon us, whether the sword of judgment or plague or famine, we will stand in your what? What is that word? presence before his temple that bears your name and will cry out to you in our distress and you will hear us and save us. But now here are men from Ammon, Moab, and Mount Zaire whose territory you would not allow Israel to invade when they came from Egypt. So they turned away from them and did not destroy them. See how they are repaying us by coming to drive us out of the possession you gave us as an inheritance. O oh, our God, will you not judge them? For we have no power to face this vast army that is attacking us. Now read the last sentence out loud with me, please. We do not know what to do, but our eyes are on you. You see, when in the middle of a hopeless situation, the people of Judah recognize God's promised presence, God took them right to where he wanted them to be, where he wants you to be, where he wants us to always be, where we say, Lord, we do not know what to do, but our eyes are on you. And when you get to that point, that is when the fourth thing happens that flows out of looking to the Lord and everything. You will receive God's personal revelation. You will have people tell you today that God doesn't speak to you personally. I want to tell you that's a lie out of the pit of hell. The truth is that God does speak to you personally today, just as he spoke to the people of Judah. He speaks to us today. And look at what happened to the people of Judah when he spoke to them. Look at verses 13 to 17. All the men of Judah and their wives and their children and their little ones stood before the Lord. Then the Spirit of the Lord came upon Jehazel, the son of Zechariah, the son of Benaniah, the son of Jael the son of Mataniah, a Levite, a descendant of Asaph, as he stood in the assembly. And he said, listen, King Jehoshaphat, and all who live in Judah and Jerusalem, this is what the Lord says to you. Do not be afraid or discouraged because of this vast army, for the battle is not yours, but God's. Tomorrow, march down against them. They will be climbing up by the pass of Ziz, and you will find them at the end of the gorge of the desert of Jeriel. You will not have to fight this battle. Take up your positions, stand firm, and see the deliverance the Lord will give you, O Judah and Jerusalem. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. Go out to face them tomorrow, and the Lord will be with you. There's the revelation. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. Go out and face that battle, because the battle belongs to the Lord. He will be with you, and you will emerge victorious. And hear me, people of narrative, because God is an unchanging God, and Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. The secret to an unshakable hope, and an unfaltering happiness is to look to the Lord in everything. In a broken and hurting world, Jesus Christ is the one and only wire that never snaps. Sooner or later, pleasure, possessions, people, health, will all let you down and will threaten to take your happiness and hope down with them. But Jesus Christ is absolutely dependable on him at Calvary's cross, hung the sins of the whole world, including your sins and mine, and yet he did not break. So what God is saying to the people of Judah in verse 17, he says to you and me. Did you hear those words? He said, "Take up your position." And that's what I say to you on behalf of Jesus Christ today. Take up your position. And what is your position? Well, look at the next verse, verse 18. Jehoshaphat bowed down with his face to the ground and all the people of Judah and Jerusalem fell down in worship before God. They worshiped God. They looked to Him. They listened to Him. That's the position God wants you to take, that when trouble comes, you prioritize in your life In good times and in hard times, you always prioritize worship and prayer. Let prayer permeate your life. One of the first things you ought to do in the morning, you're getting ready for your day, and you know the drill, don't you? The shaving, the pressing up, getting ready. Think how much time you spend getting ready for the day. You need to sit down before God and talk with Him about your day. Commit your day to Him in prayer. And then as you move through the day, keep up a running dialogue with God. This is what the Bible means by praying without ceasing. And and, and let prayer be for you as you move through your day, as you start it and then move through your day. Let your prayer be not you just asking things of God. That's fine to ask him, but you need to practice listening prayer, where you listen for thoughts and impressions from the Holy Spirit that God will put in your heart, so that you can experience what the Scripture says, whether you turn to the left or the right, you will hear a voice behind you saying, this is the way. Walk in it. Let prayer permeate your life. And prioritize worship in your life. Prioritize worshiping with God's people on the Lord's day. And I want to say to you, to all who hear this message, this is really an important thing. And people have gotten thrown off by COVID. A lot of folks stopped worshiping God regularly on COVID and they, and, and they said, oh, I can sit home and watch it on TV. And yes, we thank God that that's available and that that option is there. But God wants you, if you're physically able to, He wants you to be in the community of believers worshiping Him, connecting with Him. Because I'll tell you this, you can look at your computer screen all day long and it's never going to ask you how your week was. It's never going to put its hand on your shoulder and say, let me pray for you. It's never going to give you Holy Communion. You need to be in the community of believers to experience that. Prioritize that in your life. And just don't prioritize Sunday morning worship. Prioritize praying regularly and and worshiping God, encountering God in worship throughout the week, gazing at the beauty of the Lord. You know what technology has done for us today is technology has turned us into people who spend a lot of time scrolling gazing just quickly, right Just a quick glance. Oh, I, I don't I'm not interested in that one. J- just kind of skimming. We're really good at scrolling, skimming, glancing. And this has impacted our ability to gaze at the beauty of the Lord. We tend to glance, scroll, skim with God. And God doesn't want that. And you know, as as digital natives who have spent the last 20 years holding cell phones in our hands, we need to renegotiate our relationship with technology and make sure we unplug enough to plug into God. It's all about looking to the Lord. In everything and God wants to help you with this because you see without looking to the Lord in everything you know what you end up doing what you end up doing what we end up doing is we just end up dependent on ourselves, whipping up our own thin-wired plans as if we know what to do as if the battle belongs to us but when we look to the Lord in everything when we become people of worship and people of prayer, what happens then is that we live dependently on Jesus. The battle belongs to him. And the victory comes. Yes, when your wires snap and happiness and hope begin to slip away, the first thing God wants you to do is look to the Lord in everything. And the second thing he wants you to do is he wants you to learn to praise the Lord through everything. I'll say it again. Learn to praise the Lord through everything. Now, you say that out loud with me. Learn to praise the Lord through everything. Say it again. Learn to praise the Lord through everything. A little girl was once asked to recite the words of the doxology that were sung in her church often just like they're sung every Sunday here at Narrative. So she started off her recitation this way. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise Him all creatures, here we go. And she was right about that. If you want to go places in your Christian life, if you want to go places in your life together as Narrative Church, you need to get on the road to praising God in everything and through everything. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise Him, all creatures. Here we go. This is why the Bible says what it does in First Thessalonians chapter 5, 16 to 18. Look at that scripture. Be joyful always. Pray continually. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. And and look at uh, uh, Ephesians 5, verse 20. Always giving thanks to God the Father in everything, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Hey, maybe you can't praise God for every circumstance in your life. But I'll tell you this, you can praise God in every circumstance. Because if you look to the Lord in everything, if you set your heart primarily upon the Lord and not your problems, you can praise the Lord in everything. And your attitude and your agenda will be set by Christ, not your circumstances. And that's one of the most powerful things that can happen to you in your life. I preached my first sermon 48 years ago this year And I brought with me this morning my notes from that first sermon. Here they are, 48 years ago. And you know what I wrote at the bottom of this sermon? Last page of the notes, here's what I wrote. You see that little bit of penciled handwriting? Here's what I wrote. Confidence in Christ, not circumstances. Where are you putting your confidence? Where are you putting your hope and happiness? In your circumstances Or in your Savior, Jesus Christ. You look to the Lord in everything and start praising Him through everything. And your attitude and your approaches in life will be determined by Christ, not your circumstances. And here's something I want you to remember. Don't forget this. It's a choice to rejoice. It really is a choice to rejoice. It's a choice to start to say, I'm going to praise God in my circumstances. I'm going to set my heart on all the blessings that I have in him. It's a choice for you to turn off your television set, for you to sign off your Facebook page, for you to shut down your phone and start to take some time to play some worship music, and sing praise and honor to your God and Savior, setting your heart upon him. It's a choice to stop talking about your problems and start naming before your God the blessings that you have from him and thanking him for those things. And when by God's grace you make that choice, I want to tell you that that's when praise starts to bring blessing into your life. Because praise has a way of turning crosses into crowns. Praise has a way of turning burdens into blessings. Praise has a way of turning defeats into victories and weakness into strength. Because we know that Jesus Christ is God. He is in control. He is absolutely dependable. Nothing and no one can withstand him. He is powerful and always working everything that happens to us in our life. For good for us. So we don't need to live in fear and defeat. We can live in faith, in hope, and in victory. This is just what happened to King Jehoshaphat and the people of Judah. When they looked to the Lord and everything, and they started praising the Lord through everything, God turned the situation around. He broke through and He did something new. Look at the remaining part of the story, verses 19 to 26. Starting with verse 19. Then some of the Levites from the Korahites and the Korathites stood up and praised the Lord, the God of Israel, with a very loud voice. Early in the morning, they left for the desert of Tekoah. As they set out, Jehoshaphat stood and said, listen to me, Judah and people of Jerusalem, have faith in the Lord your God, and you will be upheld. Have faith in his prophets and you will be successful. In essence, he said, Look to the Lord in everything. After consulting the people, Jehoshaphat appointed men to sing to the Lord and to praise him for the splendor of his holiness as they went out at the head of the army. Do you, do you see that? He didn't send the army out first, he set who out first? The choir praise before power. And look at what happened. And as they went out at the head of the army saying, give thanks to the Lord for his love endures forever. As they praise God for everything, this is what took place. As they began to sing and praise, the Lord set ambushes against the men of Ammon and Moab and Mount Seir, who were invading Judah, and they were defeated. The men of Ammon and Moab rose up against the men of Mount Seir to destroy and annihilate them. And after they finished slaughtering the men from Seir, they helped to destroy one another. When the men of Judah came to that place that overlooks the desert and looked toward the vast army They saw only dead bodies lying on the ground. No one had escaped. So Jehoshaphat and his men went to carry off their plunder, and they found among them a great amount of equipment and clothing and also articles of value, more than they could take away. There was so much plunder that it took three days to collect it. On the fourth day, they assembled in the valley of Barakah. Barakah is the Hebrew for praise where they praise the Lord, and this is why it is called the valley of Barakah to this day. Or to put it another way, when you enter God's presence with praise, he enters your circumstances with power. When you enter God's presence with praise, he enters your circumstances with power. This is true for your life, and it's true for narrative. You know, about three years ago, the Texas district announced that they were going to build a new ministry support center, and they announced where they had purchased the property for this, just a few blocks away from here. And the Holy Spirit just put on my heart one morning while I was praying that I was supposed to go down to that property and walk on that property and pray for what was going to happen on that property. So that day I went down there, and that started me going down to that piece of property week after week after week. I walked that property in snow and ice and in the depths of the summer. And finally they started building on that property. But before they started building, I was walking on that property one day, and clear as a bell, I had come into my mind that Narrative Church was going to be on that property one day. I'd never even been to Narrative. That's why I first came to Narrative. I said, I better get over to this church and see what's going on because they're going to be at this property. And I looked you up and found out you're really close to that property, just blocks away. And I had, and then they started to build that building. I have spent hours walking, prayer walking in that building. When they were, when they got the drywall up before they put the texture on, I brought my pencils and I just wrote scriptures all over those walls inside that building. And I would always take time when I, once I was able to get in the building, I'd always take time to pray in this space where I know that narrative would be one day worshiping and using that space. And I started writing scriptures. In that space with narrative on my heart, I wrote three scriptures on there that I prayed time and time again. I wrote them on the floor, in permanent marker. So they're always going to be there. I realize there'll be carpet over that or something one day, but they're there now, and they will be. Here are the three scriptures. These are verses for narrative. First verse, you said it, you read it this morning, Psalm 105 verse four. "Look to the Lord, look to the Lord. Always do this narrative. Look to the Lord and His strength. Seek His face always. That's an important word for you. Hey, I started off my ministry planting a church. I know what it's like to plant a church. Is it easy? It's not easy. A lot of wires break in the process. Amen? It's not easy. But I'll tell you this. If you look to the Lord and in everything. He will give you the strength you need. If you will seek his face, not glance, not scroll, not skim, but gaze at him and really worship him and seek him, he's going to do amazing things. That's the first scripture. Second scripture I wrote a long time ago is from 2 Chronicles chapter 20. I wrote on that floor verse 17. Take up your positions, stand firm, and see the deliverance the Lord will give to you. You're going to walk over that verse many times in the days to come, and you keep taking up your position as a church. People of prayer, people of worship, people of mission. And remember, and I wrote this on the floor right there underneath that verse. The battle belongs to who? The Lord. We do not know what to do, but our eyes are on you, O Lord. And then this is the last scripture I wrote. And I wrote it in the most prominent place I could. There's a place in that building that I know is the heart of the building. I just know that with all my soul. And I wrote this scripture with narrative church in mind. John chapter 12, verse 32. And Jesus said, When I am lifted up, I will draw all men unto me. And you are going to be lifting Jesus up. You're doing it now. You'll continue to do that. And mark my words in the name of Jesus. The day is going to come when you're going to see people, 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 people meeting Jesus, coming to Jesus, and you'll say, boy, you remember on those days when we were in Hopewell (laughs) school, and we just have kind of a small number, and look at what God has done. That's coming as you lift up your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. When you enter God's presence in praise, he enters your circumstances with power. This is what happens when we look to the Lord in everything, and we learn to praise the Lord through everything. Hopeless situations become infused with hope. Unchangeable situations start to change. And God does something new. Yes, we tend to hang some very heavy weights on some very thin wires. In your personal life, in your life together at Narrative, may you always hang your all on the one wire that never breaks your Savior, Jesus Christ. Let's commit ourselves to be people and a church who look to the Lord in everything and praise the Lord through everything. And then in the days to come, you will surely see him do marvelous things in your life and in your life together at Narrative. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise him, all creatures. Here we go. Let's bow for prayer. Thank you, Lord, for speaking to us today from this marvelous passage in your word. It is our heartfelt desire to stop hanging the heavy weights of our happiness and hope on the very thin wires of this world. So we give you our lives, and we give to you our life and mission together, Jesus. And we depend on you to do all that you desire to do among us. By the power of your Holy Spirit, we will look to you in everything and praise you through everything. Blessing you and your name now and forever. We praise you that for you, nothing is impossible every chain that would hold us back is breakable. And with you, we are more than conquerors. And thank you that whenever we enter your presence with praise, you will enter our circumstances with power. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise him, all creatures. Here we go. And God's people said, amen.